Hi, y'all. Welcome to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Katerina Kormas, certified mindset and confidence coach and believer that everything you dream of creating in your life is possible for you. This podcast is so much more than about being an entrepreneur. It's about being the woman who unapologetically and fearlessly goes out after what she desires. This is where you shift your mindset, your beliefs, and your perspectives and ignite your confidence so you can transform your life and business. This podcast is all about living life your own way, deeply connecting to your own intuition and leading yourself to success. This is where you become an energetic match for all that you desire in your life and business. Your wildest dreams and fulfilling life are waiting for you, and I'm so grateful to be able to guide you along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Grab your favorite hot beverage, your headphones, and a journal, and let's jump in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so excited about our conversation today and having our guest on. She is amazing, so fun. Um, with us today is Jessica Winter. She is a TikTok and Reels video editor offering done-for-you editing for Instagram and TikTok. And she has been a video editor for over 10 years, both at, in her business, in her own business, and in the TV industry. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, me too. We connected. We were just chatting about like we couldn't remember where we connected, but we've been connected for years through Instagram, <laughs> where everybody seems to meet these days. Oh, for sure. It feels like most of my connections come from there, like we were talking about. And then I'm like, I don't remember how we met, but we always become really good friends. Yeah. And it's always random, like you meet from one thing and then you're like, wow, we both like coffee. Wow. We both have dogs. And all of a sudden we have all these connections and things in common. And then we're just constantly each other's DMs. Exactly. I feel like you and I are always talking about each other's dogs and it's pretty great. <laughs> always, always because our dogs are the cutest and we always have stories about them <laughs> <laughs> and bond over how much time we spend with them and how cute they are and how we don't get work done because of them. <laughs> Yeah, I won't be surprised if Zoe pops in here and like, like whines at me like you aren't paying attention to me. So if that happens, I'll let you know. And we will all understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I am so excited about our conversation. So you and I chatted um, a few days ago uh, when we were talking about the podcast. And we have a lot in common in terms of our lives, our entrepreneurial journey, things we do and don't talk about in the entrepreneurial world that we're going to talk about today and bring to the surface and be honest and vulnerable and may and get rid of the stigma around some of these things, change everybody's perspective about what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to have, you know, a multifaceted life and make decisions that are best for you. So yeah, yeah, let's let's kind of jump in. I tell us a little bit about you because you have like a fascinating, fun background. So tell us how you became an entrepreneur, how you got into video editing. Okay, so how I got into video editing, I don't think I mentioned this when we talked last time. I was in school to become a theater and dance major um, because for the longest time I thought I was going to be, you know, the next A-list celebrity. Little did I know, I can't remember anything for shit. So <laughs> that went out the window when I realized, you know, if I can audition for stuff, but can't remember the lines, that's probably not a really good sign. So <laughs> another thing we had in common though, because I, I went to school to be a theater major as well. There we go. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So, um, my friend, uh, she was working at a, a local radio station at the time, and she was telling me about all the editing stuff they do. And I was like, that sounds really cool. So I went and visited her there and kind of got into the editing world and noticed, you know, I was doing all my work for theater and dance, but I was doing more editing than I should have done with my theater. I almost actually failed out of theater. And my mom's like, how can you fail out of this? This is like the easiest Jessica. <laughs> and so, and you know, great point. Um, so all in my spare time, I was always doing some type of editing, you know, filming stuff, all that jazz. So my senior year of college, I switched over to video editing and graphic design. And my mom was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> but we figured it out. That's what I ended up 
graduating with, which was super fun, but it made a lot of sense because like I said, when I was younger, um, I always wanted to be in front of the camera and I was always like filming. And so now I'm behind the camera and still doing stuff with film. Now I'm just behind it. So I graduated with that. And then soon after, um, I was in a sorority on campus, by the way, one of the sorority sisters helped me get a job at a local TV station Mm -hmm. and I was a videographer there. So that's how I really got into the TV industry. So I would go out and film everything. So what you saw on the news is what I would film and then come back and edit. So I did all that fun stuff, pretty much everything except again, be in front of the camera, like the news anchor. Yeah. <laughs> Had a lot of the same jobs. Didn't have, just didn't have to deal with the people, which was pretty great. I liked that part. <laughs> but then I got out of that job. And in the meantime, my friend who was at a school was like, Hey, we need help over here. So I was a para there for a few years. And then after that, because I didn't get paid much, like, like most teachers, you know, I went to work at an aircraft company and then in 2020, I got let off. I don't know if I told you that. I've done everything. I was a, a server for like 10 years. And in that time, I also was a substitute for like three or four years. I I like to keep busy. Um, <laughs> so in 2020, when I got laid off, I did unemployment. And I was that person that people didn't like. I took advantage of it for mm-hmm. until they said, you're not getting any more money from us. But in that part of my life, I really needed it. Um, just to chill and figure out what I was going to do with my life. And towards the end of it, I ended up going back to work for three months. I went to work at Target for seasonal, which was really fun because I really, really, really missed being around people. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge extrovert. And if I don't get my people time, I start getting depressed. Unlike a lot of my friends who are introverts. And if they have too much people time, they're like, I need alone time. (laughs) So getting back around people was huge for me. And that's when I kind of learned about freelancing as well. And so I was like, what if I could, you know, jump into freelancing, but also possibly do like a side gig also so I could be around people, but go into something that I really enjoy. So I learned about freelancing, started doing video editing at nighttime, but during the daytime, I started doing shipped, which is what I discovered at Target because I always saw these customers coming in and just like scanning stuff. And I'm like, what are you scanning? Like, <laughs> what what are you scanning on every aisle? Like, what are you possibly doing? And they told me that they were shopping for other people. I was like, oh, well, this is fun. Like you're shopping, but you're not spending your own money. I like this. <laughs> yeah. So now um, I am a video editor and I help many people across the country. But sometimes during the week I go and do like the grocery shopping shipped and it has been wonderful because I still get to go out and see people and do what I love during the evenings or, you know, during the day, whenever I so choose to do it and, you know, bring in multiple streams of income. And I'm still working on other things like digital products and, you know, stuff like that. So it's been a fun ride so far. That's awesome. And I love it. I love it because you kind of just went with the flow and you tried different things and it was dependent on where you were at the point in your life and you made decisions from where you were. Like, I feel, I feel like sometimes we get into the the pressure of like, you need to choose the one thing and you have to figure it out right now when you're 18 years old. And that has to be what you do until you're like 70 and you can retire. And that's just not logical for what life throws at you or figuring out who you are or, you know, uh, allowing the space to evolve and change or allowing life to happen and making different decisions and changing your mind. Yeah, it was actually really hard for me um, for the longest time because my dad is always like, you know, he realized after a while I was not a nine to five girly. And he's like, you know, whatever makes you happy, I'm here for you. And my mom had a really tough time. And she finally just came around it to this last year. But she was always like, you need a job with a 401k, like desk job, like that is your thing. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like I was at a job in the aircraft company. I almost got fired after three months because I could not sit down long enough to do my job. And they're like, we think you, we have another department for you. I was like, sounds great. Move me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was I was never been and so it was really hard for my parents to understand like the whole freelancing thing and they still don't really get it. But 
now they support me and are like, okay, we realize you're not a 401k girly. We got, you need to figure out all this stuff. So like you can have retirement money, but you know, it's nice that I finally have their support. Cause I've always been the person that's like, is this okay? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember going to grad school and I only went to grad school because I didn't know what I wanted to get out. I went to, I finally, in that, like my last year of undergrad decided what I wanted to do as a major. Like it was like the last semester of the junior year. I was like, Oh, I have to choose a major. I have one more year to go. And then I didn't want to grad. I didn't know what I was going to do when I graduated. So they offered me to start my grad program for criminology in my last year of undergrad. And I was like, sure. Cause I don't know what I want to do when I get out. So free ride, I'll do my grad. And I just, I remember my dad going, okay, now you have your master's degree. You're going to be your own boss. And I was like, what? He goes, you're going to be your own boss now because he had owned his own businesses. And I think he knew I was never going to be good at working for somebody else. <laughs> and I was never going to be happy, but I didn't know it. And I thought I didn't understand because I thought they wanted me to have the nine to five job with the 401k and the benefits. So I stayed in that nine to five job, assuming that's what they wanted for me. But yeah, but my mom recently was like, why don't you get a civil service job and then you'll have a pension? And I'm like, that sounds like death to me. Like I'm trapped in a cubicle. Like I can't do that, you know? Yeah, always wanting to please them and do what they expect. Yeah, I don't know if it's just the way we grew up like or what it is, but I'm, I'm finally breaking out of that. Like, okay, I don't need to ask if it's okay because I'm like 35. It, sh I sh it shouldn't be this way, but for some reason I still need their approval. So trying to get over that hump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially since when uh, they were our age, they were, they already had us. <laughs> I think when my mom was my age, I was already 20 <laughs> or something like that. I'm 44. I'll be. 40. Yeah. So was, when my mom, I was five already and she just had and my brother so she had two kids and she was you know making her own thriving. decisions and not checking in with <laughs> yeah oh she's a she's a one of eight so I that was probably the last on her mind was to see if anything was okay yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah but I like this conversation because I think there's this this stigma about, especially when you become an entrepreneur, but especially for women in business, right? Like in order to succeed, you know, you, you go out there, you're like, okay, I want to be a freelancer. Or I want to start a business. And then there's just this weird idea out there that success as an entrepreneur means you quit your full-time job or you no longer have a part-time job and you're all in making all your money from the one thing, right? From that business. And I remember I had my, a few years ago, I had my massage and wellness business and that business was almost fully booked out. All of my bills were paid from that business, but I would never talk about it as a coach because my coaching business wasn't anywhere near as successful as that. And I thought, well, I can't tell people because my side business is actually the moneymaker and this business is not anywhere near like and I thought, well, I'm a failure. So I can't even talk about it. Like I, I could not, I, I just like, it doesn't, it doesn't count or it's, it deems me as not successful because I'm not full time in my coaching business. And yeah. And so I didn't. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are putting so much pressure on this their big dream business to bring in the money and so they're struggling so much with that when and when it's okay if you have a side business it's okay if you still work your full-time job it's okay that there's that you're doing something else we are so multifaceted it's okay to be everywhere right you can be in multiple places you can have multiple streams of income and there's nothing out there except for other people's own judgments which has nothing to do with you that makes it not okay oh exactly and for the longest time um and still depends on the week because like as a freelancer you have to have consistent clients coming in and if you don't then good luck, Chuck, you know? Yeah. Uh, so sometimes shipped still is my primary source of income. Granted, by the end of the year, I want it to be opposite to where 
like in January 2020, it's I'm completely booked out with video editing, but it does take time to get there to, you know, know, like, and trust factor and people need to see, you know, what you can do, et cetera, et cetera. So right now I'm making new packages, but I totally agree. Yeah. Why do and there's nothing that? wrong with it either. And for, and sometimes I still don't really talk about that aspect. I, I don't think I've ever said much on social media. Like I told you the other day, if I ever post like, Hey, I'm running errands, it's probably shipped. Um, because if I'm doing something for myself, I'll probably tell you exactly where I'm going and the fun I'm doing because I don't want people to see or judge me like, Oh, if she's doing this. Then her business probably isn't going anywhere when I'm actually keeping busy with it. I'm just doing that at night because that's when my creative brain works. Mm-hmm. So I do ship during the day and then at night I'm able to work so much faster, be so more creative. So I force myself to do the freelancing during the day when I know I'm not going to do as good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Knowing, knowing your peak time of productivity, like I'm the opposite. I am most productive from 8 a.m. until probably 11, no- 11 o'clock noon. And after that, I start going downhill and it's better off that I do something else. That's so funny. My brain turns on at like three to five at night and it goes till like 11. And so I have to be careful when I message people too, <laughs> especially on time zones or I'll like schedule it for like the next morning or something because I'll like, oh, I have a question. And they're like, it's dinner time. No. <laughs> I remember the first time you admitted, or at least that I saw that you admitted that you had a, or not admit, but like mentioned that you had this other side gig. And I remember thinking, I didn't know that. I wish you would talk about that more because I was like, oh, okay. Like it just made me having another job because I work at a resort. I'm a lead massage therapist at a resort. And me having another like for me that was like okay it's okay like because nobody's talking about it and I guess my question for you is the mindset right like we have so much pressure to build our businesses and to make them our full-time income and we're seeing all these people quote you know out there it seems that they're doing it but if you're not doing it as a person right as you as a person trying to build your business and you see other people like succeeding and they're booked out and that could be their full business and then you have to go and get another job or want to get another job or want to stay in your full-time job or feel like you need to go back and take a back seat on your business and get a job. Like, how do you think that impacts women and their mental health? I think it can definitely affect them because I see a lot of people say, you know, work at your job or hustle, which I hate that word now at your job until you can afford to go full time, you know, then quit and then go and build your business. But for some people, that's not what they want. They need the interaction. So they'll keep doing that. And sometimes that works out better for people because they can still have that income come through and their side job. Well, most of the time from what I've seen still make more money than the nine to five, but they still have both things that they really love. Um, and for me, I know it impacted me because I would see people only post and I should probably post about both. Honestly, now that I'm saying this out loud, because I would see people say, you know, I'm booked out or I'm doing this today. Um, and I'm thinking, why can't I get there? Mm. You know, like I'm posting all the right things. I know my stuff. There are other people who have done this far in less time than me that are booked out, you know, talking on stages. Why not me? When is it my time? And there are some days that I still ask this, but I look back a couple of years from now and I'm at where I've always wanted to be. And then, so it just goes to show that you need to be thankful for where you are because, you know, taking the little, um, yeah, just be thankful for where you are because who knows if you were ever going to get there. I'm trying to think of how to like say this, but you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Yeah. Like if you look celebrate in the little victories, there you go. You've been for you're further along than you think you are. Yeah. But I definitely do do think it affects women because it's so easy to compare ourselves to others and you have no clue what's going on in the background. It's similar to like people in the relationships. They show all the good stuff on social media and you have no clue what's going on in the background. I have a couple of friends like that. And I'm like, y'all, if only you knew. So it's probably the exact same 
in business. Yeah. You have no clue. So yeah. Yeah. You know, recently, you know, there's been other coaches, other business owners that I've admired along the way. And, you know, recently they've admitted things like they wanted to quit or they had to go get another job or they, you know, all these things that were going on. And I keep thinking like, but that's life, right? So why aren't we sharing that? Instead of saying I have this perfect life and my business is perfect, it puts on this like uh, this pressure that my business should be perfect and always be scaling and it should never take a dip. And, you know, I should be able to fund everything and have an overflow of money for my business and all of that. And then you start to hear people finally admit that they had to take a break or they had a nervous breakdown or now they're in debt because they didn't make enough. And I'm like, gosh, this should be the normal conversation, right? It's not like, it's okay if business isn't, if you start a business and it, you maybe it works for a little bit and then it takes a dip and you have to get a part-time job, or maybe you decide, I don't really want this business anymore. Maybe you decide you want to go back full-time and only do it a side hustle. Like anything should be, everything should be okay. And we should be okay talking about it and being honest about it. Um, because I feel like there's just such this expectation for it to just look so pretty and perfect and packaged so nicely. And people just are always flowing to you and always buying your stuff. And, and that's just not the reality of any business, whether it's brick and mortar or online. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I would say like for video editing, people, I feel like are so skeptical, skeptical, skeptical in spending like a certain amount of money because sometimes they don't realize what all it goes into video editing, how long it takes, um, years of experience, your training, all that stuff. And so, yeah, sometimes it can take longer to build up clients and sometimes not. So it all seriously just depends. And, and it's okay. Like, I think I remember when I first started out, people were like, you should just quit your job and go all in. And I'm like, that is amazing if you can do that. If you have the financial reserves or the financial support to do that. But most people don't. <laughs> most people yeah. don't. Yeah. So the when I got out of um, the my local news station, when I got out of that job, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in on this. And, but that's back when I was in network marketing and I thought like I was going to make bank and, you know, I was a part of that for a hot second. I tried to go all in on that. But the thing is, is I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So I wasted like a couple of months and I was like, okay, I'm over this. I got to go back and actually make some income. But it also taught me, you know, a few things like you have to know what you're doing. You need to do X, Y, and Z in order to like get it going somewhere get it mm -hmm. off the ground. And I knew network marketing wasn't for me. I wasn't going to hustle trying to sell $25 worth of whatever product when I was only going to get like half of it. But it did teach me a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's knowing there's a learning curve. There's a big learning curve. To be it is. And I'm still learning a lot of stuff. And I bet you are too. Oh, yeah. And there's a big mindset shift from a nine to five job to running your own business. But the nine to five job, they told you what to do. They gave you the job description. You knew when you were going to get a paycheck. You knew you were gonna, when you could have vacation. You knew when you're going to have, you know, that you had a 401k. And then all of a sudden it's like, you have to listen to yourself. You have to give yourself responsibility and you have to make decisions. Like you, you literally have to decide what to do in order to be successful. Like you're basically writing your own job description, but I'm, we haven't been conditioned to do that. So you get out there and you're like, I know nothing. And then you have to learn how to market. Maybe marketing is not your thing. And then all of a sudden you become, have to put on the marketing hat and market. You have to learn how to sell. And then you have to learn how to do customer service. And you're this one hat. Um, and if because it takes time and because it takes a mindset shift, sometimes having a side hustle or staying at your nine to five or getting like what I call a transition job, one that you can enjoy in the moment while you're building your business, that'll bring you what you need, whether it's financial support or health insurance or whatever that security is. Yeah. And while you're in the midst of that learning curve, <laughs> I think if we can all change the mindset of what a side hustle or another job or another source of income actually means in the grand scheme of it. I mean, I think one, recognizing that life is life 
and life's going to have an up, ups and downs and you're going to have to make different choices and different phases of your life. You're going to need different things and different, different sources of income and, you know, uh, temporary take a break here, go over here and do something else. Um, but I think you brought up a good point about we learn so much even from those moments we need to go back to our nine to five or we need to have a side hustle. There are things we learn in those jobs that are going to be beneficial for our business. Oh, so beneficial. Whether that's how to communicate better with others, um, delegating, depending on like what position you're in. Um, I don't really, I don't like this phrase, but like how to take orders, how to take instructions, you know? Um, because if you are a freelancer and you get hired, depending, you know, on the situation, you will have to like, your client will say, Hey, I need this by this, you know, and if you don't like something, you're going to have to know how to communicate. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's a huge thing, especially if you are used to being in a nine to five and they say, Hey, I need this by Friday. And you can't say no, because if, as a freelancer, you can negotiate, you can say no. Um, and certain things like that. So there are good things about, you know, nine to five side hustles. And I know a lot of people preach, you know, you know, if you are doing really well, you don't need it. But if you've ever been on Instagram, there are a lot of teachers, mm -hmm. like nine to five teachers that have side hustles that are making so much money and they're not leaving teachers teaching anytime soon. So that just goes to show you that you can do it. Yeah. And a lot of successful people still, you know, there are successful people that still work at universities or still, as you said, like teachers, um, you know, they don't just go all in and that's it. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of us like me and entrepreneurs, they like to keep busy. But one thing I always keep in mind is what I've read is CEOs, entrepreneurs, trigger warning, what I'm about to say for anyone listening. Um, <laughs> they do have a higher suicide rate and I don't want to be that statistic, you know, because a lot of times if you aren't surrounded by those people, like uh, my boyfriend's dad had his own business, but he's the only one in like my whole area, whole family that would kind of understand what I'm doing. Everyone else, you know, I have a family full of doctors. I really can't relate to that, but it's great. If I have any problems, I can call them up. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's really hard to talk to someone like if you are going on a podcast or if you get a speaking engagement or anything like that to share your excitement with them because they just don't know how to relate to that. So mm. if you, you need that community and a lot of times people have a hard time finding that community in the area they live in. Yeah. And so they keep a lot of stuff to themselves and, you know, they get depressed and I've just read a lot of stuff on this and it goes down from there. And so I'm really trying to avoid that. And when I do get in that depressive state, I immediately go to Alex and I say, Hey, I am not feeling well. And he knows what that means. <laughs> and I'm like, we need to do something, you yeah. know, it's lonely. And I think, I think, you know, as you're growing a business, it's lonely at the top right? You're the one making decisions. You might have a team underneath you. You may not. Um, you're right. Your family and friends may not relate. Um, I find that even at my spa job, right? They, I don't talk about my business because they just, they wouldn't understand, right? They don't understand having a podcast or, um, you know, anything else like doing a magazine interview or anything like that. Um, but there's a pressure. It's lonely. Um, a lot of times, you know, you have this pressure to build this business and there's this glorifying going all in and having this one thing and making this one thing, the big success, but it never leaves, it, it hardly leaves room for what if you decide you no longer want to do it? What if it doesn't bring you joy anymore? You know, it doesn't matter how much money you're bringing in. If you're depressed and unhappy, and part of you is like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't know how to get off this train because my identity has now been connected to my success, right? What if I have a successful business and I have all these clients coming in and people want to work with me, but I don't want it anymore? How can I actually walk away? I mean, there's so many, there's so much pressure. Right. It, that immediately going. kind of reminds me of Vanessa Lau. Do you remember her? She was a YouTuber. 
No. She still is, but she escalated. She quit her nine to five because she really wanted to do social media. She, I think in like a couple of years, she went from zero to millions of followers. She made millions and millions of dollars, had a team of like 20. And then last year, she just said, I'm out. Like she was tired of talking about the same thing. She's on a sabbatical. She says she's coming back, but she doesn't know when. And like social media was her income. So like, I have no clue what she's doing now. Yeah. A lot of us don't, which is totally cool. Take that break. You need it. She was working hard, pushing out content like crazy, but that was her identity. Yeah. And so you have to also think about that. Like, and that's why I say I would probably always have like a side job that I probably do like once a week, no matter what, just to have something else for me to do. Yeah. Because that is scary because you have that identity. People know you for that. But I mean, I, I'm also known for like, um, because I used to do bodybuilding shows. I'm also known for, you know, being the health person. And so people come to me for that. And I'm like, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. Like, go ask them. I don't want to mess up your metabolism, whatever. But I'll tell you, like, try these workouts. Um so I'm known for that, but it's like, you want to be known for more than like two things. And yeah. especially like when it comes to your income, you need to diversify and you just yeah. need to have fun in life as well. You don't want to be known for only the YouTuber, only the Instagrammer. Cause like, is that how you want to be introduced to others? I know that sounds kind of bad, but I was listening to a episode from Hillary Kruger. I don't know if you know who she is. Honestly, Hillary, she just launched a podcast, shout out to her. And she was talking about if you had to introduce yourself to someone that you just met and you couldn't say your job, your name, a hobby, your location, she pretty much like stripped away everything about you. She's like, how would you describe yourself? And I immediately was like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so it made me think like, okay, I really need to evaluate like how I present myself, how I would introduce myself. Cause if I couldn't say any of these things, I need to really like get to know myself again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's interesting, like the whole concept of even, you know, decades and decades and decades ago of, of like, you know, you choose one career, you know, a lot of our parents say to careers for like 20, 30, 40, 50, our grandparents were at, you know, years of at the same company and they retired after 40 years kind of thing. I think it's interesting because we're, none of us are one dimensional people. And I think the way society kind of dictates we need to live or should live it doesn't make sense it doesn't leave room for changing your mind it doesn't leave room for you growing and and identifying new passions and new interests it doesn't leave room for um even honing your special gifts like a lot of times it's like you go to college for a thing and then you get a job for that thing well college doesn't hone all the natural gifts you have, right? You're just like, choose from this menu of these things. You're like, well, I don't fit any of those boxes, but I'll force myself to like psychology because uh, it was process of elimination. You know what I mean? Like, but we all have natural gifts like listening or dancing or whatever it is, speaking, public speaking, but where does that fit in the box? And sometimes it takes us decades to discover those because we weren't able to explore them in the past. And so I think, you know, we do ourselves a disservice saying this is the way it has to be, or I have to choose this one thing and go all in. But what about the other aspects? Like I'm a really good massage therapist. I'm also a really good business owner. I'm, I'm great. At, I'm phenomenal. I love coaching. Coaching is my natural gift. I don't want to just choose. Like I want to be able it, for it to be okay that I do both. Right. And I feel like a lot of us, like you're in my generation, when we were younger, the things that we liked to do, we were told we couldn't do, or it wasn't going to make us money. Mm -hmm. So when we got into school and went to college, we're like, well, I see that as an option, but I was told I can't make a living off of that. So now I got to choose something that's not really up my alley. Yep. Um, but I'll try it. Yep. <laughs> and I think that's where uh, what a lot of us did. And I noticed a lot of our, my friend group does that. Um, and then later on, you know, I don't want to say we wasted our, 
our degree because we got a lot out of it. We got, you know, friends, we learned a lot, but now we have this debt and we're going somewhere completely else in life, which is exciting because we're now following our passions yeah. and are making money doing what we love. But wouldn't it ha have been so exciting if we could have done that from the very beginning? Yeah. If someone would have encouraged us and said, okay, you go do that. I just want to let you know, like, you may not be like a billionaire or a millionaire, but if you want to do that, go have fun, live your life. It's going to be so exciting. I am excited to watch you. Right. And if it's not going to make you enough money, you go out and get a side hustle and you do multifaceted, you know, you'd be multifaceted and you do many different things. And there's no, it's, there's no right or wrong where, you know, there's no like, you are successful and you succeed at life if money comes from these places only, right? It's just like the most ridiculous, like you can be like, it doesn't, yeah. If you're worrying about money so much, you're not really leaving room for the passion and you're not leaving right. for the things you really want to do. And then you're like me stuck in a, I, I was stuck in a 16 year career of something I hated doing because I didn't feel like I could do what I really wanted to do. Right. Like in um, high school, I told my parents, I was like, okay, I want to be an actress so bad. And they're like, well, that means we're going to have to move to LA. And what about our job? So then I felt like I was putting all the burden on them. And I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so I, st I still tried doing it. And then I just figured out I wasn't really good. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it all, it always starts at a young age somewhere. Yeah. Well, I think about myself with my little radio, this little red radio, and I put a blank tape in and I would be listening to the radio and I would pretend to be the disc jockey and I would be the host of the radio station. And, um, and now I think of myself hosting this podcast and I'm like, there was some little inkling back then, um, you know, but I, podcasting wasn't a thing back in the eighties. <laughs> There wasn't right. an option. There was radio, but back then it was mostly male radio hosts. So that wasn't really much of an option either. Um, it's so fun looking back at our childhood and seeing that because my family, like the whole winter side, not my mom's side so much, there was cameras all the time. Like we would be taking pictures everywhere or my dad, he would take his camcorder. Yes. The one you would hold on your shoulder, um, <laughs> to like every event we would film Christmas every year. Um, even us just playing outside, like jump roping, he would capture all the memories. Mm. Um, so we just have years and years of footage. And I remember this one particular, um, day my mom was filming and I was like, mom, I want to hold it. And I, apparently that's where this all began for me was, and oh. she's like, no, you'll break it. And I immediately was like, no, I won't <laughs> like, just trust me for once. Um, so <laughs> she didn't get to let me hold, hold it. So I just, you know, I was jump roping, doing like the skip it, all that stuff in front of her, but that kind of sparked like, oh my gosh, it started like when I was eight years old that I wanted to do something with the camera, whether it was in front or behind. Wow. That's so cool. It was there, the nudge, the nudge. Yeah. And it was probably because I was always like surrounded by cameras. Yeah. So it's like, it was just a natural instinct as yeah. well. Yeah. I think a lot of us have that, but again, we were told, no, you can't do that. Or we felt like we couldn't do it or we couldn't see the path because the path, maybe our college didn't have that path or our high school didn't have that path or we weren't in that circle of people where that path was like, evident. Right. So at my college, like they had the video editing and stuff, but like they more focused on broadcast journalism. And I was like, I don't want to be like a newscaster. Yeah. I honestly never wanted to work in the news because it was so depressing. And then I got out because it was so depressing. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird how that works out. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we could just break the stigma or the conditions around how what's okay and what's not okay you know how to live how not to live um I think there's all this like worry around like the 401k or the health insurance and it's like okay there's ways in America you can find health insurance I have health insurance not through my resort job not through my business I got it through healthcare.gov you figure it out right um you know there's ways to save money without having the corporate job you can you can save money on your own you can have your own you know brokerage accounts like there's you can 
make your business an LLC and have a for, create your own 401k. You know, there's so many ways um, to create safety. And I feel like, you know, you're not a failure if you went into business and it's taken you years and you're still having to work a side hustle or still stay at your full-time job. Like there, there's Ooh. just, there's no rules. There's no judgment because we all have our, you know, we all have to make decisions on what's best for us. So that reminded me of my friend. So she's the number one uh, wedding photographer in um, our area and she has a side business. She, she yeah, she's still, she likes nannying. Oh, okay. So even though she's like the top photographer here, she's always booked out like years in advance. She still is like, I love nannying so much. I'm going to do that still. Mm -hmm. So just because like you could be making, and I don't know how much she makes, you know, she could be making a lot or who knows. But the fact that she's doing so well that she's booked out like years in advance, the number one, but yet she still chooses to have that says a lot about like how much she loves doing both. She doesn't have to, but she does. So I think that's a really good point as well. Like do something you love just because you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Stay at the full-time job. If you really like it, you can stay at full-time job, have your business. You could have four different jobs that you love. (laughs) You can freelance in four different industries. You can do whatever you want. There's no there's no right or wrong. And and I think, um, you know, looking at social media, don't, you don't know the whole story behind other people's quote unquote successful businesses. Um, I've known plenty right now that were so successful, so booked out, claimed they made millions and now they're gone and they stopped doing it or they went back to nine to five or they took a break because they're nervous breakdown, right? Take, you know, what you need in the moment. Don't worry about it. You know, other people think. <laughs> And I think that's why you and I are doing well and is because we do have that other side job that kind of just keeps us sane. <laughs> should, should I say it that way? Because <laughs> uh, it keeps yeah. us around other people. I, I don't know if I should say keep us normal because I mean, we're all normal, but you know, it just, yeah, it's, we're not just by ourselves all the time. Yeah. I, I really do think that people need to have, you know, something on the side whether that's just to bring in money or a hobby or helping out at a nonprofit or something, something to be around people. Yeah. And connect yourself. I'll tell you, my coaching business does much better now that I have a job at the resort, honestly, because I'm not making decisions in my business based off of money. I'm not like, I'm not making these drastic decisions that aren't right for me. I'm building it my way and I'm showing up my way. Whereas before I was like, well, I need to make money. So I'm going to do whatever I need to get clients or sell products or sell a course. Like I need money. Like I'm the pressure. And now I don't have that pressure. So I feel like I'm able to connect more human to human. I'm able to coach better because it's not really, I, I feel like I'm secure in the places that would make me panic. And so I don't have to worry about health insurance. I don't have to worry about paying my bills paid. They're paid, they're done. Even uh, paying my, you know, could cover my expenses for slow coaching months, right? And then I don't have to, you know, I can still, I can show up as my like authentic self doing it my way without that pressure. No, I completely agree. Cause before I did the shift, and for people who don't know what that is, by the way, it's like Instacart. It's just mm-hmm. a different company. Um, I did feel like I was like, okay, I have to do this, this, and this to make money. But because I have that side income as well, I feel like I don't have to work as hard. And therefore, clients, like it's much more easy. And it like stuff flows in easier. Like today, I got an email and it's like, you won this. And I was like, I feel like this is false. <laughs> and then I, I was like, I don't know about that. Um, but then I looked into it and I was like, oh, I did. That's fun, you know? Yay. So stuff like clients and just things in general have been able to flow in easier. And it just seems like everything all around has been so much easier in life. And I don't have to stretch as much, stretch, yeah. stress. Yeah. I don't have to stretch as much. I said it again. <laughs> we know what you I mean. cannot talk <laughs> yeah yeah well and then you put a better energy out a cleaner energy energy that people 
I mean, people sense it. People sense when you're desperate. People sense when I really need to sell this because my identity or my worth or my value as an entrepreneur is based off of whether somebody buys this or not. Like you get this. I know I used to do that. Like I used to be like, I suck because nobody bought into this program. And I, you know, it was like validating, like I was looking for that validation. And now I don't have to worry about that. I can actually focus on, I get to be a good coach. Me as a success in life, as a human, isn't dependent on whether somebody pays me for coaching. I can be successful in multiple places and I get to define what that success looks like. So I have a question. Yeah. You can cut this from the podcast if you want. Um, so mentioning that, what is your opinion on people saying show up in your stories every day and sell? Does that come off too salesy to you? Because that's not me. I, I would be too salesy and I think it'd be like, okay, what is she doing now? Versus doing it like maybe twice a week. You mean like offering? Yeah. See, I don't. I don't know. I guess it depends. For me, I look at it as um, offering, inviting people in as opposed to selling, right? I'm not trying to convince people. That's that's one thing I got away from because I don't want to get people that, like, as you said, right, that they, they come to you and they're like not ready. They're not ready to commit. They're not ready to invest. They're not ready to take, you know, that their next step. Uh, I'm not trying to convince people. I'm, I'm inviting people in. I'm reminding them that there is an offer, that there is a way to work with me. Um, and so for me, I, it doesn't matter how many times you do that. If you're, I don't. If you're uh, confident. Yes. Yes. Because I've noticed that in the past when I wasn't confident and I did it constantly, I was like, I, like, I, I know how this is coming off, but I'm going to try anyways. And now I'm doing it more than twice a week, or at least I'm trying if I can remember, because, you know, I need to write it down. Otherwise I just won't do it. Yeah. Um, if I'm confident in what I'm selling, then it doesn't come off that way at all. And I, you can see that in other people as well yeah. versus, Hey, Amazon has a good deal. I'm going to tell them all about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that goes to your intention behind selling, right? If you're desperate to make a sale, right? If you're like my sense of worth or um, to prove that I can be successful or to pay my bills because I'm desperate for money, if you're if that's how you're showing up selling, it's not going to feel good for you, right? And no, and it doesn't look good on anyone either. Yeah. And people are going to sense that, but then that's going to feel like I'm selling too much, right? Oh my gosh, I'm selling too much. People are going to know I'm being pushy. It feels like being pushy. But if that's not your intention, your intention is, hey, I have this great offer. I'm really good at what I do. I can help people. I want the people that are ready to work with me. It doesn't matter how many times you show up and invite people because your people aren't going to be like, oh, she's salesy. Oh, why is she pushing this stuff? Like, oh, she's desperate. It sounds like, right? If you're not coming across that way, people are either going to put it in their back pocket and be like, I want to come back to this later. I, I want to work with her eventually. I want to buy from her eventually. Or, you know, they're not the right people. Right. Yeah. And I think that, again, right? The knowing what your intention, knowing where you are in your life and what your biggest, like I call energy leaks or stresses are, you know, and finding ways to plug them that aren't putting the pressure on one way to figure it out, right? If you were in a nine to five job and you weren't making enough money, you'd either get a side hustle, right? You'd ask for a raise, I mean, you'd, you'd figure it out. You'd probably get a side job. It's the same thing in your business. If, if you're not making enough in your business, it's okay to get a side job. It's okay to go get a nine to five job, right? Like you have to do where you have to know where you are right now and what's going to make you feel safe, secure, and confident and go create that reality. Right. Uh, well, this was a good conversation. I think we need to have more of these and at least be open and honest about what it looks like 
the real truth to be an entrepreneur. The moments mm-hmm. where it's really, really great and things are going well, but also the moments that, hey, truth is I have a side job. I'm okay with it. I like what I do. I got promoted in January to lead massage therapist. I, you know, different. I never thought I would be able to ever be, you know, qualified to do that. Um, and I'm having fun and I'm making more money than I actually ever made in my nine to five job over there. So <laughs> isn't that crazy how some of the, just the jobs that are the most fun work out like that versus the jobs that are more stressful than anything. Yep. And I want to include like, there are some jobs out there that obviously don't pay well, but if you have fun at them, that's what matters. Yep. Especially like if you have a freelancing job, then the other one, like to me, it's like, it's just for fun. Like there was a point where I was like, oh man, working at a coffee shop would be fun. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I never did it because it's either like wake up at the crack of dawn, which is not me. I wake up at like eight or nine. I'm trying to wake up earlier, but that's just how I am right now or work really late. And that kind of reminded me of working um, as a server. And I was like, man, I did that for years. So I didn't want to do that either. Yeah. So that's why I do shift. Cause it's like, I put myself on the schedule and I get orders and when I'm done, I go home. So it's really flexible and it works out for me, especially if I have a client that's like, Hey, I need your help. Yeah. 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 You have the time and the flexibility. I know somebody, she's an entrepreneur. She texts me, she goes up oh, first day working at Dunkin' Donuts. Cause she needed a side job. And she, so she got a side job and I'm like, no judgment, but I'm jealous that you get to taste the donuts every day. <laughs> And right. you get to walk away with an iced coffee every single day. Like, <laughs> so jealous. <laughs> I think a lot of entrepreneurs are scared to admit it because, like you said, we we don't look like we are making enough money if we take one on. But the reality is, is like a lot of times, like I said, my friend who's the number one photographer in our area, she makes money. No problem. Like she has a podcast. She She has all the things. But it's something they generally just love to do. Yeah. They just love to be busy or they need the extra. They may need the extra income. Maybe they don't, you know, but people need to be around people. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think that's what it comes down to it. Even if you're an introvert, like, you know, we're made to not be alone. We're made to at least interact with people. I knew too. I was taking my massage clients at home and I probably could have built up that business, but honestly, one, I didn't want the massage business anymore, but two, I just needed to be out in the world, right? Like I just needed to be somewhere where there's other people where I can meet other people, potentially start dating somebody, you know, meet new friends, um, get out. You know, I was, wasn't feeling confident anymore, just staying home and working on my business, uh, both businesses. Like I needed to get out in the world. And well, I think a lot of us, I don't know, like if you have a designated room, but so this is the guest room. So if we have guests over here, it's like, then I have to move everything out of here, which is yep. annoying, uh, <laughs> like lights and everything. So lately I've just been working from my couch, which is cool and comfy, but, but it's like when you work from home all the time, I've, what I need to start doing, honestly, is going to the coffee shop. So it's like around people, you can have coffee, there's food there, but, and it can seem like your workplace. Do so you have somewhere to go afterwards, AKA home. And it doesn't feel like you're just in this same spot all day. Yeah. You're not really living if you're at home all the time. No. So for the people who work from home all the time, props to you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did that at the beginning of the pandemic. Like I said, you know, I was doing that. I loved it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I filled up my tank like once every three months. It was great. Um, but yeah, now I don't think I could do that at all. I have to get out there. I yeah. have to be around people. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's going to a movie and sitting by someone I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it's it, that's what life's about, right? That's what gives us more and more experiences, um, you know, introduces us to culture and different viewpoints and usually opens the door, you know, opportunities we never considered before connections we never thought we'd have potential clients that you, you know, I think in the online business world, we've come to forget that local people need our services too. (laughs) I, I was just about to say that. And I meant to say this earlier is with some of the people 
that I work with, it's weird because like we don't work with each other, but we've learned, we've met the people who do the same job. So we call each other coworkers uh-huh. and a couple of them are starting their business too. And they're like, well, I need a logo. Can you do this? And I'm like, I don't, you know, I can, but I don't want to like screw it up for you. And I know someone who can do it better, you know, so you can do recommendations. And if there is someone who does video, like they're like, I'll remember you for when I want to start being on video, stuff like that. So you are meeting people, whether they need you right now yep. or not. I remember uh, my, I needed a local handyman. So a guy in my neighborhood had started a handyman business. I'm really reputable in the community. So he came over to fix my dryer and uh, he's like, have you ever posted in, we have a neighborhood, my neighborhood has 2,800 houses. And he's like, have you ever posted in the small business Facebook group for our community? Cause there's like a thousand people that own small businesses in my neighborhood of 2,800 houses. And I was like, no, I, I just never thought about it. And he's like, they, like, you could be meeting all of these people that own businesses. And I'm like, I still have my, my therapist, the last time I saw her, she's like, did you do it yet? And I'm like, no, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> Cause it's new because I've been so stuck online that I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, people right here. Like, it's like, I just never thought of local because we get so stuck into the online business world. And I was like, oh, this is what I wanted to go out and meet people to do is to network and actually have a community. I'm like, I could at least make new friends of women that are own their own businesses or have, and a lot of them are side hustle businesses. A lot of them are cookie baking businesses or jewelry businesses or things like that um, of people that are doing it on the side. No, and that's perfect because you know, maybe at one point you can like partner up with each other, like say the cookie baking business you can recommend, or yep. maybe you can, um, Sign use her cookies to give, yeah, to give to clients and stuff like that. I've done that before. There was a local, um, uh, chocolate shop here and I sent them some Christmas gifts from them and they're like, Whoa, these are cool. So then they went online and, you know, ordered from them and sent to their friends and, that wasn't my intention at all. I was like, oh, that's cool that you did that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You never know, you know, who's going to refer you, who's going to talk about you, who's going to be like, oh my gosh, did you know somebody, I know that, I know somebody does that. Well, this was an enlightening conversation. I'm so glad we got a little raw, a little vulnerable, a little real about behind the scenes, what's not talked about enough in the entrepreneurial world. Well, let, tell us where we can find you, where we can follow you. Oh, yeah. So if you go on, on any platform, I just deleted Twitter, so don't try there. Um, <laughs> all my handles are at the Jessica Winter. Okay. The Jessica Winter. And I'll put it in the podcast description as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for like, yeah, having this great conversation. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad we brought it, brought it to the world. Um, And thank you all for listening in and we'll see you all next time. Hi, lovely. Thank you so much for listening to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. You might have been listening along and thinking, I'm ready. I'm ready to become the woman who has all she desires. I'm ready to finally live my dream life and business. Well, listen in. If you're tired of sitting on the sidelines watching everyone else succeed, wondering when you'll make your dreams happen, if you want to step into unwavering confidence and show up in your life and business with a renewed energy and unstoppable mindset, if you want to stop second guessing or letting doubts and fears stop you, if you are ready to feel purposeful and fulfilled and abundant and joyful in all areas of your life, then Breakthrough is perfect for you. Breakthrough is my signature coaching program, and we work together one-on-one to guide you to release the shoulds and finally call the shots in your life and business. This is where you make powerful, transformative shifts in your mindset, beliefs, perspectives, and actions so that you're leading yourself to live life and create a business your way. This program is designed to help you find what's holding you back, completely reframe your beliefs so you lead with empowering thoughts, deeply connect to what you desire and who you will be when you get there, and have you leading your thoughts, beliefs, and actions every single day so that they truly align to what you desire to be experiencing in your life. So if you're interested in learning more, 
visit www.start.katerinacormas.com forward slash breakthrough info or send me an email at katerina at truejoyexperience.com and let's jump in.